from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is the Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Joy of Booking. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. This is the first ever episode of the joy of booking. And so once again, I bid thee welcome, whether this is your first time listening to a DC Matthews slash DDT wrestling production, or whether you've been with us for the entire six year ride of DDT wrestling. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. If you're new and I don't blame you, if you are, you may be asking yourself, Self, what in the world is a fantasy booking podcast? You obviously know what a podcast is. You probably even know what fantasy booking is in a professional wrestling sense in which you sort of imagine how wrestling could be in your mind. I would have this person be the winner. These people would be champions. It would go this way. These storylines would have changed from years past, which would lead to all sorts of amazing outcomes in the future. Basically, fantasy booking is what has kind of ruined wrestling for many people because our imaginations are so vast and so amazing, and we do not need to follow any of the natural rules of wrestling that whatever we come up with in our heads is bound to be better than what they give us on television, and thus we are disappointed. Having said that, I've been a fantasy booker for a long time, and so this podcast is going to be a place for myself and maybe some special guests, we don't know, to just have some fun playing around with mostly wrestling, but again, we don't know. Maybe we'll be fantasy booking other stuff. The sky's the limit here on The Joy of Booking. Who am I to be hosting a fantasy booking podcast? And again, if you're a a veteran fan of our podcasts, Doc Manson and I, then you know who I am. But again, I must imagine that this podcast is somebody's first entree into the world of DC Matthews. So please permit me a few minutes to introduce myself. I'm D.C. Matthews. Uh, I'm coming up on 30 years of being a professional wrestling fan. And throughout that entire time, I have been a nerd. I have been making lists of wrestlers since, I would imagine, 1993, maybe even 92 when I started. My first wrestling show, October of 1992, Hartford Civic Center, main event, Ultimate Warrior versus Ted DiBiase. was supposed to be Ric Flair, but Ric Flair was hurt. How do I know that? You can look it up online because there are more wrestling nerds than just me. But I would make lists of wrestlers. We didn't have video games when I was a kid. I had a Game Boy and a Game Gear, and there's a long story as to why I didn't have any consoles that I'm sure I'll tell at some point. But I would make lists, notebooks, full of lists of wrestlers. I would design tournaments. I would come up with almost, you know, I was e-fedding before I knew what an e-fed was. And 30 years later, I'm still doing it. I've created uh, the Corona Cup. 
which was on the DDT Wrestling feed. It will slowly be making its way onto the Joy of Booking feed so that if you're interested in catching up in the 64 episodes of Season 1 where I took 1,000-plus wrestlers and had a tournament that included consolation rounds, you can listen to that. If you're interested in Season 2, which is a tag team tournament that is still ongoing, by the way, we're 20-ish episodes in, uh, that'll be coming your way as well. So I've done tournaments. I've done all of these things. I did take part in eFeds back in the day. If you're old enough to remember what an eFed was, it was kind of a text-based you know, wrestling game. You would create your character. You would type out promos. Whoever was the booker would decide on things. I vividly remember going into my parents' bedroom to tell them the great news that I had won my first title in an eFed. They didn't get it at all, and I was obviously very embarrassed once I realized that. So we've done drafts. We've done all sorts of things. And that's kind of what you're going to expect here on The Joy of Booking is this is a place for me to just feel like I can do all these nerdy things and I'm not just doing it because uh, I like to make lists. I'm doing it now for a reason to share with you. And I hope you enjoy the journey. We'll be doing things again like tournaments, a big hoss tournament, maybe a cruiserweight tournament. Uh, I'll be talking perhaps at some point about why there absolutely is no need for there to be two tag divisions between Raw and SmackDown. We may go back in time. Uh, Jason Maltov of the New Age Insiders once said he wanted to rebook the invasion. Maybe I can pull him out of retirement and get him on the air and he can do that here on the Joy of Booking. We'll be doing all sorts of things like that. So I, these ideas come to me and I'm, you know, I just have these thoughts and I go, you know, I loved WCW versus the world when I was a kid. That was a great video game for the PlayStation one. That was the first time I was introduced to a round robin style tournament where you have a block of wrestlers and they all wrestle each other and they score points. Um, and, you know, that led me into New Japan, and I love the concept of the G1 tournament, which is essentially the same thing. And I've always wondered, why is it that the WWE, with their multiple brands and their huge amount of superstars, why is it that they've never done a round-robin-style G1-type tournament? And wouldn't it be amazing if they did? Brackets from Raw, brackets from SmackDown, blocks from NXT, blocks from NXT UK. The women could take part. Tag teams could take part. It could be a happening. Just imagine what that would be like. Welcome back to the recap of the WWE G1 Mega Nerd Happening. My name is DC Matthews. Uh, if you're just joining us, where have you been? You have missed amazing action from the superstars of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK. Uh, to just kind of get you up to speed, we have a mega tournament. We have eight blocks. Each block contains ten. Yes, you heard me right. Ten wrestlers. And you might be saying, hey... 
Some of these wrestlers that I'm about to hear about were fired, were released from WWE, because Vince McMahon hates me specifically and wants to mess with my good time. But we're going to press on. We're going to keep going. We're not like Up Up Down Down who has to fit in with the corporate structure. If I want Aleister Black to still be in this tournament, then gosh darn it, Aleister Black is still going to be in this tournament. We've got Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. We've got a bracket of 10 women from the main roster. We've got a bracket of 10 women from the quote-unquote developmental territories of NXT and the UK equivalent. And we have tag teams as well. Block from the main roster, block from the NXT group. They wrestle each other in competition. If they win by pinfall or submission, they get 20 points. If they win by countout, they get 15 points. If they win by disqualification, they get 10 points. And if it is a time limit draw, all of these matches have strict 10 or 15 minute time limits, depending on the action. They get five points each. If you lose, of course, goose egg, zero, no points for you. How do we determine who wins? Well, it's wrestling, of course. They fight each other. They beat each other to death. And the winner comes out. What do you think? I'm just rolling dice over here. Do you think I've got D20 and D8 rolling apps up on my computer and I'm pressing them to determine who wins and who loses? That would be crazy. That would be silly. That would be ridiculously nerdy. Anyways, moving rapidly along, let's catch up with the action. Let's begin with the Raw block. Here are the 10, yes, you heard me, 10 wrestlers competing in the Raw block. We have Angel Garza, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, Damian Priest, Jinder Mahal, Keith Lee, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Shelton Benjamin, and rounding out the bracket, we have Umberto Carrillo. Where's Drew McIntyre? Where's Sheamus? This is not a main event style tournament. We're not putting those types of guys in here. This is for the young guns, the hungry, the ones who want to get up to that mountaintop, or in the case of Jinder Mahal, get back to that mountaintop. That's what this tournament is about. Whoever wins this, goes on to glory and perhaps main event dominance. But we're not going to see types like Drew McIntyre or the almighty Bobby Lashley. That's perhaps another show. From SmackDown, we have Aleister Black. You remember him. Apollo Crews, is he the Intercontinental Champion? Yes. Does that matter? Probably not. Big E, Cesaro, Chad Gable, Murphy, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, and... Otis. Let's just stick with those two for now. We could tell you all about the different wrestlers from all the different brackets, but you're not going to remember, and I doubt you're taking notes. Though if you are, bonus points to you. And if you've realized, hey, when did DC start trying to do a bad Howard Cassell impression, then more bonus points to you. We're three weeks in. We have completed three weeks of action here in the G1 happening for the WWE. Let's give you some highlights. Raw is currently led by Jinder Mahal. Who else would it be? Jinder Mahal has 55 points to lead the bracket after pinning Humberto Carrillo, after pinning 
Keith Lee, and then beating Damian Priest via countout to get those 55 points. The aforementioned Umberto Carrillo is currently in second place with 40 points, having pinned Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak, but losing, as I said, to the current block leader, Jinder Mahal. But understand, there are seven weeks to go. There are possibly, that could mean you go undefeated, that's 140 points. So we could expect all sorts of change here in the G1 happening. We have a block tied for third, Drew Gulak, Angel Garza, I'm not going to call him Hector, I'm going to call him Angel Garza, and Ricochet tied for third with 25 points. Cedric Alexander and Damian Priest, they are tied at 20 points. Keith Lee has 15, Shelton Benjamin only has five, two losses and a time limit draw, and poor Mustafa Ali can't get himself started. He is 0 for 3, which means he sits at zero points. The highlight of the raw bracket, with the exception of Jinder Mahal, is that Cedric Alexander has won all three of his matches by disqualification. Cedric has relied on some chicanery, some subterfuge to wind up hoodwinking the officials into giving him disqualification wins, almost a bit seeming like Eddie Guerrero himself. Moving on to SmackDown, the our current SmackDown leader is the king of SmackDown. And no, I'm not talking about King Corbin. He's not in this tournament because while I love him, I know many of you don't and I want you to like me. Shinsuke has 45 points, but he is followed very closely by Sami Zayn with 40 and then Cesaro with 35. We've got quite the competition in SmackDown. Otis with 30 points. Apollo Crews and Chad Gable are tied at 25. Alistair Black and Kevin Owens are tied at 20. And in the bottom two, we have Murphy with 10 and poor Big E. Only five points for him. But like I said... Plenty of time for the men of SmackDown to get themselves going and possibly take the lead. It is entirely possible, but by the end of this tournament, those brackets are reversed and Big E could be in the lead. We move now to NXT. The current bracket leader after three weeks of action is your favorite and mine, Mr. L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight has 50 points to lead the bracket after pinning Cameron Grimes. Is that a preview of what's coming up on In Your House, where he fights for the honor of Ted DiBiase? Or if not the honor, then I don't know why Ted DiBiase's involved. I need to catch up on my NXT watching, but I know the Million Dollar Man's in there somewhere. Knight beat Grimes. Knight beat Roderick Strong by disqualification. And in week three, he pinned Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly is in second place with 40 points, having tapped out Killian Dane and pinning Dexter Loomis. In third place, we have Swerve Scott, ruler of Hit Row Records, or whatever the stable's name is. I told you, I need to catch up on my NXT watching, but I'm not doing that. I'm recording this. So what does that say about me? Moving along, we have Pete Dunne in fourth place with 25 points. Roderick Strong and Oni Lurkin are tied at 20. Austin Theory, who 
took a countout win by Killian Dane by just walking away, having no interest in fighting the brute Killian Dane in week one, has 15 points. Cameron Grimes only has five, one-time limit draw with Pete Dunne, and poor Dexter Loomis can't seem to get Indy Hartwell out of his head. He has zero points. We have eight brackets, 80 different talents or tag teams, and only two of them are currently having the maximum number of points. That would be 60. After three weeks, 60 is the maximum number of points you can have. One of those people is the current leader of the NXT UK block, and his name is Trent Seven. Undefeated Trent Seven. 60 points. He has defeated Flash Morgan Webster. He has defeated Bailey Matthews. No relation. And he has defeated the bomber, Dave Mastiff. Flash Morgan Webster is in second place with 40 points, followed by the current Heritage Cup champion, Tyler Bate, with 35. Bailey Matthews, if you don't know, that's the son of William Regal, which is the only reason why he's in this tournament, has 25 points, tying him with Ilya Dragunov. Dave Mastiff is tied with Nathan Frazier and Rampage Brown at 20 points. Joe Coffey has 15, and poor Eddie Dennis, he's got zero. Maybe he's more of a manager? We'll have to wait and see. Moving on to the women of Raw and SmackDown is currently led by Miss Shayna Baszler with 35 points. She beat Carmella by countout. Carmella ran away, had no interest in going toe-to-toe with Shayna Baszler. She tapped out Ruby Riot. I'll miss you, Ruby. I really will. And then, in the only loss Shayna Baszler has had, she got irritated by one Dana Brooke and beat her up so badly the referee had to disqualify her, which puts her at 35 points, but still leading the block. She's got company, though. Dana Brooke and Naomi tied at 30. They're closing in. Could week four be where they finally overtake the Queen of Spades? We'll find out. Mandy Rose, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Ruby Riot, and Carmella are all tied at 25 points apiece. Week four and five will be very interesting to see how this shapes out and which of these talents truly takes off in our tournament. Nikki Cross has 10 points, and you'll be happy to know that Eva Marie has zero points. But it's still early, and the GM, a.k.a. DC Matthews, has not interfered. I have not done any shenanigans of my own. I've let the wrestling speak for itself. The dice always win, or do they? We'll wait and see. The NXT women's division is led by my girl, Zaya Lee, with 50 points, followed by Mako Satamora and Shotzi Blackheart at 40 points apiece. Jesse Kamea, who I think is going to be a big star someday, has 35 points, followed by Dakota Kai with 30. Zaya Brookside, Mercedes Martinez, Piper Niven, and Ember Moon all have 20 points. They're at the bottom four with the exception of poor Santana Garrett. I love you dearly. She has zero points. Our tag division. Thank you for sticking with me. I promise you, 
This is going to get better once we get into week four, which I will do on the air. The Mysterios are leading the tag division from Raw and SmackDown with 55 points. Now you may be saying, excuse me, DC Matthews, but didn't you say the champions were not going to be included in this tournament? Hmm? I did say that, except the tag division is so poor and so lacking depth that I had to include the champions if I had any way of getting 10 tag teams involved. And the Mysterios are leading, followed by the New Day with 45 points. Miz and Morrison, I'm not calling them the Dirt Sheet, that's a stupid name. They have 40 points, followed by AJ and Omos, and the Lucha House Party. Are they still the Lucha House Party without Kalisto? I don't honestly know. They have 35 points. They are the top of the tier, the bottom tier. There's a big gap between the Lucha House Party at 35 and T-Bar and Mace, who only have 15 The Dirty Dogs have 10 points. Viking Raiders have 5. And to prove to you that this tournament is both A, honest, and B, way too early to determine anything yet, the Usos and the Street Profits have 0 points. I can't imagine that is going to stay this way heading into Week 4. I told you earlier that two teams, or two people, Rather, I'm so confused. There's so many names. Uh, Have perfect scores. 60 points. One, Trent, seven. The other is the team from NXT known as Everrise. Well, the dice don't lie, folks. Everrise has defeated, let's see here. They defeated Legado de Fantasma. They defeated Imperium. And they defeated... The team of TNT, that's what I'm calling Timmy and Tommy, Thatcher, and Champa. So, Everrise, 60 points. Now, you may have said, when I told you Eva Marie had zero points and the GM might have to interfere, you may have said, no, don't do that, don't do that. But now you may be saying, oh, please do that. Because Everrise, well, they ain't ones that should be ruling this tournament. That's all I'm saying. The Hunt, The New Hunt, I did not know this until recently watching NXT UK, The New Hunt, which features T-Bone, has 50 points, pretty deadly, NXT UK tag team champions, and in many people's mind, perhaps the best tag team in the entire WWE system, has 40 points. Brizango and Legado de Fantasma have 25, Imperium has 20, MSK has 15, Timmy and Tommy have 10, and the teams of Gallus and the Grizzled Young Veterans, winless as we end week three. There's your wrap-up. It probably took way too long. I suppose I don't blame you if you hit the fast-forward button, but I hope you didn't, because now you are caught up in the world of the G1 happening. What a weird dream I had. I must have fallen asleep while trying to record a podcast. There was this giant tournament and brackets and blocks and wrestlers and an elaborate point system and a guy whose voice just kept changing accents for like 20 minutes. Okay. Where were we? Uh, Yes. So, yeah, I did this thing. And this is very similar to something that I would have done at nine or ten years old. Uh, I went through, 
grab 10 wrestlers per block. And when I found out yesterday, to give you an idea of when I'm recording this, yesterday was when, no, two days ago, two days ago, this week, either way, uh, all these wrestlers were released. I was like, ugh, but we're just going to keep going. We're going to push through. Um, I was thinking about doing the entire thing on the air and recording, but there was a lot of stuff. You know, the thing with a nerdy endeavor like this is you have to figure it out as you're doing it. So I have the, the D20 rollers. I don't play Dungeons & Dragons, but I was able to find some D20 roller websites. And, you know, I have the brackets. I found a round-robin generator online, so I was able to figure out what all the matchups would be. I printed all those out. I have a score sheet. I have all sorts of things. And you have to figure out, all right, well, what's going to classify a win? What's the difference? How do you determine who's pinning and submitting? Because I could have just gone wins and losses, which might be how the G1 actually works. I don't know if they assign a point system. But in the 1989 Starcade had, it was like Sting, Flair, Luger, Muda, maybe. And they had the kind of a point system, and I've always liked that. So it has to do with the difference in points. So, for example, just looking at this page here, you know, if Alistair Black gets 17 points and Murphy gets 8, that's a difference of 9 points. That qualifies as a pin. I've done the math 5 points or more of a difference in dice rolls equals a pin or a submission and I determine which is which if it's from two to four it's either a count out or disqualification and again I do get to make that distinction and I tried to do it from a storyline perspective so Austin Theory and Killian Dane in my head you know Dane won by two to four points so Theory just leaves at that point that seems more likely as he's just like, you know what? I'll take the count out loss. You're not going to get full 20 points, which as we get further on, those sorts of decisions might matter in the head of some of these wrestlers. If you have two wrestlers who are currently tied and or maybe one only has, you know, a, one has a 20 point lead over the other. I'll lose by disqualification. You only get 10 points. I'm still winning. So, you know, I would hope that that sort of psychology would play into it, and perhaps that will play into my psychology. Um, and then if it's either the exact number of dice roll, 10-10, or if it's a one-point difference, I call that a time limit draw, which has wound up in more draws than probably there would be, obviously, if you did this for reals. But A, that's never going to happen, and B, there's so many different matchups that you're going to have time limit draws. And I did always like... WrestleMania 4, for example, there was at least one time limit draw, and both people were out. The other person got a buy. That's not quite how this works, but I thought it was fun. So I also, because while I am not doing the booking, I want this to be as random as possible, so I found a random sequence generator just to further my nerd craziness. Uh, so I have randomly assigned the order of which brackets, which blocks will be done first here in round four. And then I did a random generator to determine which round goes which. So not that you care at all, but just for me, you know, this, everything's listed round one through round nine. We've gone round one, round nine, round five, and now round seven. And again, that's just randomly. So that way, in my head, that makes a difference in terms of 
what the dice will roll and all of that. So having really just established that I am full, I, I have so much free time on my hands. Um, let's get into it. Let's, let's do some of this. Let's see how it works recording online. I've already written down the matchups. All I got to do is roll the dice. So we've got Alistair Black and Kevin Owens. Uh, first up here on our matchup, we're starting with SmackDown, obviously. Um, Alistair Black, pull my score sheet up here. He's sort of lower middle of the pack. He's got 20 points. Kevin Owens also has 20 points. Okay, so these two guys are tied in the rankings. So whoever wins this gets a big boost. So let's see what happens here. We're ready. We're ready. We press start. We roll the dice. We give it a minute. We stop. And, of course, it's 16-16. So that's a draw. So they would each get five points each. They are still tied and will still wind up being kind of bottom middle of the pack. Our next match is Shinsuke, the bracket leader, versus Otis, who is currently in fourth place. So if Otis wins, he's either going to tie the leader, or perhaps if he pins him, he'll take the place of the leader. All right. What are you doing to me, Fate? That's 12-11. So that's a one-point difference. So again, that would be a, another time limit draw. I'm rolling again. I have the right to do that. All right, there we go. Uh, three to 20. So Otis gets a big win over Shinsuke. Should I have counted as a draw? So in my head, now that I haven't done this in a couple days, I took a couple days off. Life got busy for a bit. We did. Re we recorded DDT. We talked about the um, the wrestlers who were released. We talked about Army of the Dead. So I have to kind of remind myself. I try to not have more than one draw per round for each bracket, which is just my, I also try not to have it all be count out or disqualification. This is not a perfect science. Okay. This is how I'm doing it. I'm having fun. All right. Uh, Sammy Zayn versus Chad Gable, which would be an excellent match. I feel like maybe that's happened before. Let's see what happens here. Oh, three to 17. Chad Gable picking up a pinfall win. He is now going to, uh, have slightly more points than um, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn will be at 40. Chad Gable will be at 45. So what happens is I do the matches, and then I go into the score sheet. So, yeah, all the paperwork. I have the brackets. I have the score sheet, you know, the the full grid where I can write in the points and calculate things. And then I rewrite for each week. I write what the leaderboard looks like because, again, this is, this, this is what I choose to do with my time. Uh, Murphy versus Cesaro. Ooh, two to four. So Cesaro's going to win, but that's either going to be by DQ or count out. I'm going to look and see what happens with our final match, which is Apollo Crews versus Big E. Continuing their IC title battle, perhaps. We'll see. 10 to 17, Big E getting a pinfall win. So Cesaro and Murphy wins. I would say... <laughs> Now, if I wanted to, maybe I'll do it this way. Murphy's no longer employed. So I could do an interesting thing here where Murphy just doesn't show up. And Cesaro wins by forfeit, which would be by count out. They would count him out. So he would get the count out win. And then I could either choose to replace Murphy in the next round. Somebody else takes his spot. 
I don't know who that would be because the SmackDown roster isn't great, and I'm trying not to double up here. And I already got the Intercontinental Champion in, so I'd have to look at that. But we'll see. Maybe there's going to be a uh, – maybe there's some call-ups. I could put uh, – who's the guy, Rick Boogs, who's playing for Shin, uh, Shinsuke? Or I, I could put Corbin in. I could do that. All right, so Black and Owens got a draw, so that is five points for Black and five points for Owens. Shinsuke lost to thing here, so 20, nope, nope, zero for Shinsuke, but 20 points for, wait a second, my score off? No, it's not. All right, so that's 50. So currently Otis is in the lead. We'll see how that happens. Uh, Gable pins Zane, so Gable gets... 20 points for pinning Zane, which puts him at 45. Zane loses to Gable. He's at 40. Murphy or Murphy loses to Cesaro by countout, so that's zero and 15. Oh, Cesaro now has 52. So Cesaro and Otis currently tied for the lead. And then Big E picking up his first win. His first win over Apollo Cruz which puts him at 25. He's back in the game. Cruz loses, so he stays at 25. So right now we would be looking at Owens and Cesaro. Not Owens, Otis. Otis and Cesaro are tied for the lead after four weeks with 50 points. Chad Gable and Shinsuke would be in second, tied for second with 45. Then there would be Zayn with 40. And then you would have... That group, you'd have Owens and Big E and Aleister Black and Apollo Crews all locked at 25. And then poor Murphy would be at the bottom with 10. All right. This is clearly a work in progress. I, I don't love the idea that I'm you know, doing all of this and there's the waiting and then the looking at the dice. So I, a full disclosure, we are a transparent group, Doc Manson and myself. I paused the recording. I did the next round for the tag division. They're the next one up. Now I'll just tell you what happened. All right. Viking Raiders finally getting their first win, pinning the Lucha House Party. They're now on the board for reels. Uh, <clears throat> the New Day continuing their tear. They beat T-Bar and Mace. Uh, they are now in the lead with 65 points. They're going to be the leaders of this bracket after week four. Uh, Miz and Morrison defeating the Raw Tag Team Champions, AJ and Omos, bringing them up to 60. They are in second place where they are tied with, who are they tied with again? Ah, yes, the Mysterios, who were in uh, the lead. They got a draw with the Street Profits. Street Profits finally on the board with five points. Uh, and the Usos pick up a win, but it was a DQ win. The Dirty Dogs decided to, you know, the, the Usos are so far behind that they gave them the win by just beating the crap out of them. <clears throat> the Usos, you know, they've been in trouble because, you know, they got the specter of Roman Reigns still hanging over their heads, and they're not winning. You know, they lost to, where was it? Let me get myself to it. They lost to the Mysterios by countout because Roman came out to yell at them and was yelling at them the entire time, and they kept trying to go to the ring, and Roman would grab him and be like, you listen to me, and they lost the first match by countout. Was it Roman's fault? Not according to the head of the table, it wasn't. They then lost to the New Day, got pinned. Roman didn't like that. 
and then they got pinned by AJ and Omos as well. So <clears throat> Roman is just not happy. And while they now have a win and are on the board, I can't imagine Roman Reigns is going to be happy with the fact that they got beat down by the Dirty Dogs. So poor Jimmy and Jay. You know, they're just having trouble here in the G1 happening. Moving on to NXT UK, a lot of interesting things happening in week four for the people across the pond, unless you're listening from the UK, in which case they're on your side of the pond. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster losing to Bailey Matthews. Uh, Bailey Matthews continuing a surprise showing with 45 points. Uh, He's not going to be leading the the bracket but he's certainly doing better than i'm sure many people expected perhaps even himself dave mastiff picking up a dq win over Ilya dragunov uh joe coffee and nathan frazier a draw five points each frazier continuing to have a slight lead over coffee in this tournament you know nathan frazier i think he's he's just showing a lot of pluck a lot of moxie a lot of spunk i don't know what the uk People call Pluck or Moxie or Spunk, but whatever it is, he's got it. Uh, Rampage Brown, who had not done well the first couple of weeks, pins Heritage Cup champion Tyler Bate. He's starting to make a run here. He's got 40 points, which puts him tied for third place. And then we had Eddie Dennis versus Trent Seven in a fascinating matchup because Trent Seven, perfect score so far after three weeks, 60 points. Eddie Dennis, zero points. And that's when you start to see the mastermind that is Eddie Dennis at work because he got himself on the board and got himself a uh, blemish on the record of Trent Seven by having the hunt come out to get a countout win. They held on to Trent Seven sneakily. Ref didn't see it. Trent Seven couldn't get back into the ring. Eddie Dennis gets the countout win, and he is on the board with 15 points, still in last place, but much closer than he was before. And Trent Seven suffers his first loss of the tournament. We now move to the female brackets. We'll start with the main roster. Uh, big story here is we have someone new in first place. It was Shayna Baszler. It is now, shockingly, Dana Brooke, who pins Fire and Desire teammate Mandy Rose and has first place here after four weeks with 50 points. Shayna Baszler did win, but again, another disqualification win as she would not relinquish her submission hold on Naomi and got herself disqualified. Shayna is going to need to get it together in terms of that temper if she wants to succeed in this tournament. Uh, She is in second place, but she is tied with Mia Yim, who pinned Liv Morgan, and Ruby Riot, we love you, Ruby, who defeated Carmella. In other news, Eva Marie still cannot get a win she loses to nikki cross nikki cross picking up her first win of the tournament as she had had two time limit draws before in the nxt bracket for the female division uh we have a new leader and it is uh she's just the best the final boss taking her spot atop this bracket after four weeks mako satamora picking up another pinfall win over Mercedes Martinez. She is 3-1 and one in this tournament. All victories coming by pinfall. So she has 60 points. <clears throat> Zaya Lee lost in the Battle of the Zayas against Zaya Brookside. She still is in second with 50. Uh, tied with Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai picking up a win over Jesse Kamiya to put herself also at 50 points. 
Uh, Shotzi Blackheart doing battle with former NXT tag partner Ember Moon. Um, they were champions at one point, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they battled to a time limit draw. So Shotzi has 45 points. Piper Niven defeating Santana Garrett in that tournament as well. So we've got quite the competition at the top of that block. Moving on to NXT, we had L.A. Knight was currently in first place after three weeks. He has been supplanted by Kyle O'Reilly, picking up yet another win, this time over Oni Lorcan. He now has 60 points, much like Mako Satamora, sitting at 3-1. and one. L.A. Knight suffers his first loss of the tournament this week, losing to Killian Dane, so he is stuck at second place with 50 points. Pete Dunne moving into third place with a submission win over Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis cannot get a win to save his poor, tortured artist life. I'm sorry, I'm turning into Howard Cosell again. Uh, <clears throat> other news, Austin Theory picking up a win over Swerve Scott, The Way, and Hit Row, all involved in that. And Cameron Grimes getting his first win with a, oh, I didn't even write it down, with a DQ win. Over Roderick Strong. Sticking with NXT, but moving to the tag division, we no longer have any perfect tournaments going to happen ever rise. Suffers their first loss to Brizongo, and I know what you're thinking. No, I didn't cheat. That's actually how it happened. Brizongo getting the win, putting them at 45 points, which is good enough for sole possession of third place. Uh, Everrise staying at 60. They are now tied with Pretty Deadly, who picked up a win over The Hunt. So they are both tied at 60. Uh, though, oh, nope, they haven't wrestled each other yet. Because remember, if there is a tie near the end, whoever has the victory over the other person between those two, they would be technically declared the winner. In other news, uh, Gallus getting their first win, defeating MSK. Legato and the Grizzled Young Veterans scoring a draw, which means at least that the Grizzled Young Veterans are on the board. Nobody in the NXT tag division has zero points. And <clears throat> uh, Timmy and Tommy getting a DQ win over Imperium. Was Walter involved? Probably. That brings us to Raw, the final bracket, the final block of week four. Uh, Jinder Mahal just keeps rolling, pinning Mustafa Ali, who just keeps losing. Jinder Mahal has 75 points, which I believe is the leader of the entire thing. Nobody else has 75 points. Jinder is currently the best. You heard me. Other news, Shelton Benjamin getting his first win in a DQ victory over Angel Garza. Ricochet and Umberto Carrillo wrestle to a draw. Carrillo's going to need to get some victories here if he wants to keep up. <clears throat> Cedric Alexander, who had won three matches by disqualification, finally gets a pinfall win over Drew Gulak. He is in second place in the Raw block with 50 points. Damian Priest getting a countout victory in his Haas fight with Keith Lee. Will anyone be able to stop Jinder? Truthfully, even if Cedric gets a pinfall win in week five, he's not going to beat him. Jinder pulling away from the pack. Don't hinder Jinder. He is just amazing. That's it for week four here at G1. Back to you in the studio. 
Man. Oh. Wow. I had a dream that this crazy, incredibly nerdy tournament was happening. And then in the dream, I woke up and I thought I was awake. And then I did more of this incredibly nerdy tournament. But I'm awake now. So it all must have been a dream. Who, who, who would have done that? Who would have printed out pages and pages and pages and had lists and lists and things and, you know, wind up stopping and recording and stopping and recording? Uh, that would have been a crazy person. That would have been somebody who just gets too much fun out of doing all of this uh, ridiculous banality. That would be somebody who would get some joy out of booking. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Uh, this is an interesting episode if you're just starting, but I promise you, it's just going to be like this. The, welcome to the nut house, folks. Make yourself comfortable. You can find me on Twitter at the DC Matthews. Uh, <clears throat> do you want me to keep going? I'm going to keep going. But the question is you want to hear more about it? Let me know. Hit me up. We'll see you on the next episode where we all together celebrate the joy of booking. Take care now. Bye-bye then.